Episode two of the Bikes and Podcast is coming to you from the Blue Spruce Brewery in Centennial, Colorado, and is titled Bikes and Community. It's a great story about Rich Vischer, who had his prized Yeti mountain bike stolen from his car. A few notes before we begin. Go to the Bikes and website, which is at bikesand.net, and see photos of Rich's bike before it was stolen and after recovery. The photos include what his newly acquired seat and bar ends look like. A big thanks to the Blue Spruce for hosting us. Their website is bluesprucebrewing.com. And lastly, the Bikes and Podcast does not condone all of the tactics Rich used to recover his bike, especially the part about tackling complete strangers. I hope you enjoy the story. This segment of The Bikes and Podcast is coming to you from the Blue Spruce uh, Brewing Company here in Centennial, Colorado. Uh, the Blue Spruce offers its own ales on tap and a classic pub fair, plus open mic nights and music events. Little known fact about the Blue Spruce Brewery is that their Poncha Pass Pecan Pie Brown, say that 10 times, won a bronze medal at the Colorado State Fair in 2014. Uh, I'm joined around uh, the table tonight with two gentlemen who've been very kind enough to join me. Uh, Tim, who is the head brewer here at um, Blue, the Blue Spruce. Um, and also I'm joined uh, by Rich. Um, Rich Vischer, is that the correct pronunciation? That's correct, yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, Rich is going to tell us a, a great story about uh, his adventures with a stolen Yeti, which should never be mentioned in the same sentence, I don't think. Yeti should never be stolen, really, should they? No. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But gentlemen, cheers. Uh, Tim is cheersing cheers. us with his coffee. Uh, Rich uh, has his Belgian, um, Belgian. What, what's the actual name of that beer? Bel- uh, Kit Kias Belgian Golden Strong. Golden Strong. And I am drinking one of their fantastic Oktoberfest, which I hear is in short order. Isn't that right, Tim? Oh, yeah. It goes fast. That classic Oktoberfest style. Awesome. German beer. Yeah. I would imagine mm. so. Yeah. And actually, uh, for those of you who know what I'm talking about, I'm actually drinking this beer out of a classic, what I would know as a classic English uh, mug um, from about 1975, for those of you who can stay with me, through about 1990. They seem to be phased out after that. Um, and, it's like um, a Mullen Brown mug. Yeah, 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 yeah. They actually, uh, it actually featured in uh, Train Spotting. Uh, Big oh, yes, threw it over yes, there. Yes. Oh, yeah, right. But anyway, so those of you who are listening in the UK will know exactly what I'm talking about. But I'd like to introduce uh, Tim here. Uh, Tim is the head brewer here at the um, Blue Spruce. Uh, he's actually the son of the two owners. Uh, Mum and dad own it. I think by default, you, you therefore own it, yes, sort definitely. of, right? Yes. You probably do all the work. I do. <laughs> I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. they do stuff too, though. <laughs> there are uh, three owners, though. We do have one other. Um, he's a close family friend. Awesome. But keep it all in the family. And I believe he's sure. the, your chief financial officer yes, or something like yep, that, yep. right? Awesome. So, so what can you tell us about the Blue Spruce? So we're a classic, um, I guess, traditional American brew pub. Uh, we have lots of basic bar cuisine, I guess you'd say. Um, cheeseburgers, brats, uh, wings, smoked wings. Um, Try to get those in a competition here soon. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so we Let us smoke know. those on a Traeger. Oh, right. yeah. There they melt. Um, and then we also have a Mexican section in our menu. Right. So we try to cover all the bases with yeah. our food, just like we do with our beer. So we yeah. have about 20 beers on tap at all times. Um, they range from all sorts of different styles. We have American styles. We got lagers, ales, 
Belgians, strong beers, light beers, you know. Fantastic. And then whatever we don't have, we always have a guest tap on that kind of mm-hmm. fills in the holes, a sour or a cider. Mm-hmm. And I think you were saying right now you're keeping it all in-house, but you'll share the love at yes, some yes, point. Yes, yes, yes. As soon as we have enough love to share, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not drinking at all, there you go. then yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll share some. Fantastic. Now, um, people who want to find out more about you can go to bluesprucebrewing.com. Uh, do you have a Twitter handle or anything like that? Instagram? No, I think we got an Instagram handle. It's okay. at Blue Spruce Brewing. Okay. Um, and then we have our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Blue Spruce Brewing Company. Awesome. Um, and those are the main, where you can see most of all of our events. We do music Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's all going to be on there. Trivia nights every Tuesday. Excellent. So we got all sorts of fun stuff going and on. A great family vibe. There's a, there's a game on here tonight, I heard. Oh, I yeah. Know what it's, uh, I don't know what it is. Um, I egg, think egg they're... Ball. Egg ball? Egg ball. Throw ball. ball. Throw ball. Throw ball. (laughs) Your version of football, (laughs) which is fantastic. Go Broncos. Um, So, um, well, thank you very much uh, for introducing us to your your brewery. Uh, We really appreciate that. Thanks for having us. Uh, Not at all. It's It's a pleasure being here. And thanks for giving us the, the, the little meeting room we've got here. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a, a nice one. A little rowdy next door. Yeah. Lots of people dressed in orange. All the beer vibes. Exactly. So thanks, Tim. Um, let's uh, jump now into the meat of why we're here, which is uh, with Mr. Rich Vischer, uh, who's joined us this evening here at the Blue Spruce, um, to talk specifically about an event that um, really had everyone on the uh, Facebook page 303 Trail Monitor talking. Uh, and that is the story of Rich, uh, a Yeti bike, uh, a mountain bike, for those of you who don't know, made here in Colorado. Uh, and someone who decided to steal that from you, which wasn't a particularly good idea, but we'll learn more about that in a minute, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, Rich, um, what, do you, uh, what do you do for a day job? Uh, day job, I work in IT for a natural gas company um, in Littleton. Uh-huh. Um, but when I had my bike stolen, I was uh, worked down in the tech center. Mm-hmm. So not really one of those places you think that your mountain bike is going to get stolen. Oh, really not? It's all just big office buildings and parking garages and... Yeah, there's not usually a lot of theft and crime going on at that point. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's um, not the place, not high on the crime statistics. No, not um, normally. That you see coming not out. Not right? normally. Um, um, how many other bikes do you have? Uh, one for each day of the week. Is that right? Yeah. So tell us what your, which other bikes you have. So I've got my newly recovered Yeti. Well, not newly recovered, but recovered Yeti. Uh, I've got a road bike. I've got a single speed mountain bike, fat bike, uh, commuter bike fixed gear road bike that I've had since like the early nineties. So just got to have a bike for every day, all yep. seasons. Yep. Typical Colorado. Yeah, got to no, have, got to have multiples of everything. Cause you never know what's what the next hour is going to be like, right. let alone the next day. You never right? know what somebody's going to throw up and say, Hey, let's go ride this. And you got to have that bike to go. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, this bike, uh, this podcast bikes and is specifically around certainly, uh, the bike aspect, but that's the central part of what I, I regard as being, you know, the community of people who like to ride bikes. Uh, we're trying to talk to people who aren't necessarily into, I think I said in my first introduction to the podcast, hucking off 50-foot cliffs. And you yeah. might be, but most people I meet aren't necessarily into that. I'm too old for that. Uh, exactly. Sorry, that, that's not me. But um, I also want, would like this podcast to be for people who have never ridden a bike before, who are interested in getting into it. So how did you get into riding bikes in the first place? Uh, I got one actually for my high school graduation. And I think like all American kids, Mm -hmm. uh, we had the CBS Sports Spectacular, 
And we used to get the Tour de France, and it would be shown like usually like a week after the stages would start. So we got Phil Liggett and Paul Sherwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music was by John Tesh. Everybody kind of remembers John Tesh as the guy sure. that was on Entertainment Tonight. Sure. And he had like some really funky kind of music, but okay. he did the soundtrack in the, for the 1987 Tour de France. Yeah. And uh, watched that and was like, man, I really want to have a road bike. So I got a road bike for graduation in 1988 and um, kind of went from there. And then from there, it went from a road bike to, I can't really ride this across campus while I'm going to college, so I need a mountain bike. Right. So the road bike was gone, and in came the first mountain bike. And you were here in Colorado, right? Yeah, I went to school up in Greeley okay. at the University of Northern Colorado. Yeah, this place has changed a bit since then. Yes. Yeah, it's growing <laughs> I think where like we're sitting right now was probably a farmer's field. Uh, pretty close, yeah. County I mean, line right there. So. Yeah, county line went through um, 470 early 90s. Huh. I mean, the road that the Morrison Road, which is I grew up in Lakewood and it's Morrison Road. Everybody knows that connects Morrison down to down to the bike path now. Right. It was a dirt road. Right. Awesome. Well, um, I think it'd be fascinating to to jump into the, the story why we're here tonight. Right. Sure. So um, I'm not going to steal too much thunder, but um, but Rich is a gentleman who who is not to be messed with, I think. Um, <laughs> Don't steal Rich's bikes, any of the seven of them. <laughs> um, and um, and uh, the, the thing that I love about this story is the fact that it not only talks about the recovery of your bikes, but also how you recovered it and um, the community that helped you to do that. Right? Absolutely. And that, that's really what plugs into the story of, of Bikes And. Yes, for, um, for this story, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, why don't you, you mentioned the, you know, the tech center. When, when was this? So this was in uh, May of this year. May of 16, yeah. May of 16, second week of May. Yeah. Um, had just gotten home from racing over in Moab, and my bike was on the back of the car. I was going to go ride at the bike park over at the Cherry Creek Reservoir. Mm-hmm. And came out, went to lunch on a Friday, came back, parked. We, I work at a building that had a... Had a parking garage, mm-hmm. but I'm like, ah, parking garage not good. I want to be able to see it from my office. So I parked in a different lot, just right next to the parking garage, that had an overhang, and that overhang was about three and a half to four feet tall. So, you know, you, if you were under that overhang, it'd be really hard to get to a bike, and you can't really get to it because it's on the overhang. Well, so absolutely, you're, you're and trying it, to be proactive. And it would be the worst. It's the world's worst noise if you drive your car with a bike on the top into a parking yes, garage. Yes, yes, that would not be good. No, so it'd be terrible. So I've seen, it. I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I've done it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. He's done it. It's kind of par for the course. If right. You're a, if you're not a cyclist, you haven't done it. You haven't done point. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I had it on the overhang and went back into the building for lunch, came out two hours later and was walking to my car and just, you ever, you ever, you have a dog? Yeah. You make a weird noise and your dog kind of turns its head sideways and kind of looks at you like, what was that noise? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was me walking up to my car, kind of looking at it sideways going, something's not right. Something's not right. And I'm like, well, the tree's in the way. Maybe that's it. Walk around the tree, and I'm looking at it, and your heart just kind of falls. You're yeah. just like, damn. Well, more emphatic than that. There was a lot of expletives <laughs> that first Friday night. And, it's a family uh, show. It's a family show. You, you guys know what it is. Um, so I'm standing there looking at it, and my bike is gone. And that, that just horrible gut feeling oh, that you sure. have that something has been stolen yeah. from you at that point. Right. So, you know, after you throw out those expletives, um, I called Greenwood Village Police, and they're like, oh, you're in Denver. Call Denver. Called Denver. 
Denver says, we're not going to send anybody. Go online. Here's you go, go to this address, go online, fill out a form and we'll look at it. Yeah. It's kind of what Denver police does. Yeah. You know, they're not, busy you know, people. busy people. I mean, they got a billion things going on. Yeah. It's a big city these days, but yeah. bike theft is rampant. Yeah, it is. You know, so I was like, look, my bike's never coming back. So filled out the form, called the bike shop. I got it from, got the serial number, found some pictures on Facebook and then proceeded to just bomb social media with me being a statistic at that point. So out of interest, do you remember what sites you bombed for people who um, may have their own bike stolen and want to know how to use that? So obviously I hit, you know, my regular Facebook account. Yeah. Um, I hit the 303 trail monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, I did uh, the mountain bike enthusiasts for Utah because we ride over there a lot mm-hmm. and bikes get stolen and they end up in weird places. Yeah. So I did that. I did uh, our Twitter account, um, which is at Fritz and Mayo. Um, I did the stolen bike index, which is another website Mm. that's based out of Boulder. Mm. Um, I did Craigslist and the front range forum on MTBR. So I didn't know that you can go to Craigslist and say items stolen. Please keep an eye out for it. Or you were looking for, no, I actually put that it was stolen. You know, so, you know, my, my bike's fairly unique because it's still got 26 inch wheels. Right. You know, it's really a relic at this point, (laughs) Um, you know, with with every with everything else. And it's aluminum where everything new is carbon. Yeah. So it should be pretty easy to find at this point. So did all that uh, driving home, called my insurance agent, said my bike's been stolen. Call me when you have time. He's a buddy of mine. We've raced together for years and uh, proceeded to go home and do what everybody does when you lose something. Get drunk. So, on, and where did you go to do this? Uh, at home. Uh, I have, uh, for people that know me, I have a, a fairly extensive uh, Belgian beer collection uh-huh. and just started, just started pulling the heavy just ones so you, out. Just for the audience listening, Tim just got very excited <laughs> by that. Uh, pulled the heavy ones out. Had a West Verleten 12. Uh, had you some messing around. St. Bernardist App 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Strafa Hendrix quad. And just started popping bottles and just your bike is gone just get used to it you're now gonna have to go find a new one at this point which could have its benefits let's be clear there's always a silver lining to this in that you get a brand new bike i was was gonna get a brand new carbon (laughs) new 29er mountain bike be like all the other kids in the neighborhood who had a new bike right yeah no i you know i like my bike right so you well, know. good. So, um, so, you, so you, you pretty much at this point wave goodbye to your to your uh, beautiful bike. Yep. Uh, and, and for those of you who don't know, um, Yeti has a very strong following. They have something called the Yeti Tribe um, for enthusiasts from literally all over the world who get together. I assume you're. A, yeah, I've, a, I've been to many of those. And many of the tribe there, gatherings. There's a lot of beer Yeti bike over there. So, so you, you've lost what's effectively your firstborn child at this point. Um, and um, you, uh, now you've posted it on Facebook. You've posted on all these social media sites. You now are sitting there assuming that it's, that it's gone. It's gone. So what happens next? So my insurance guy calls me Saturday morning, says, give me the paperwork. I'll have you checked by the end of the week. Hmm. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Tell the wife, hey, I'm going to go out and look for a new bike today. Mm-hmm. And then come back like 45 minutes later. I hate bike shopping. That's ah, horrible. I just, <laughs> as an old bike guy who worked in a shop and mm-hmm. raced for years, you right. just look at things and go, really? You charge that much money for these yeah. things? Man, Absolutely. It's, it's expensive. So I was, I wasn't totally put off by it, but I was like, well, you know, we'll figure it out at that point. But uh, so I came home and 
was lamenting and and then uh it was time to take my kids to the movies so we were going to go to the movies and uh and then the magic happened yeah so someone called kyle contacts you who is kyle so that's Kyle Gisbert. He's uh, the head mechanic over at uh, Alpha Bicycle Company. Awesome, yes. And, no, no. Um, you know, we've been, we've been friends for a while. And, yeah. and uh, he calls in this panic, you know, about 10 minutes before I'm leaving to take my kids to the movies. Dude, we found your bike. My buddy's found your bike. He's got your bike. He's got your bike. I'm going to hang up. He's going to call you back. Click. And I'm like, okay, that's, nobody's finding a bike in 24 hours in this town. There's no possible way. Right. And, uh, like, 30 seconds later, Jason calls. And Jason is, Jason and Catherine um, are, uh, are uh, members of the Alpha Bicycle Company. Mm-hmm. They race for them. Their kids race for them. And uh, Jason calls and says, I have your bike. And I said, you, you're, there's no way you have my bike. Nope, I'm looking at your bike. I have it right here in front of me. I've taken the wheels off of it. Nobody's riding your bike away. And... You need to come down here. So this is the Circle K at Yosemite and Hampton. Yes. And uh, a very infamous which, Circle yeah, K Yeah, really. Now. I, mean, I mean, nothing much happens at the Circle K <laughs> at Yosemite and Hampton. <laughs> wayward, wayward deals go down at yeah, the Circle K. There's no and, Hill Street Blues and, you know, and version now, of the Now Circle I'm going to write my history of wayward deals at the Circle K. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. So what happens next? So I'm trying to get there. I called Denver police because I have my police report in the car. And I said, I need somebody to meet me there. I found my bike. And she's like, okay, takes all my information and says, we'll have somebody there in 15, 20 minutes. Okay. So about 10 minutes later, I show up. Jason and Catherine are there with their kids. Now now they've been babysitting my bike for about 45 minutes at this point. So I just want to be clear here. You had already set off. You'd made this call in the car to the DPD? Yeah, as I was driving to go go Mm -hmm. get it. I wanted to make sure that somebody was there. Yeah. You know, more CYA than anything else. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. So so they're babysitting my bike Uh and show up and Jason comes over and says, hey, I got your wheels in the car. We've been watching it. Haven't really seen anybody. I said, great. So he's like, let's grab your wheels. And I said, okay. And I had tools with me. I always have sockets with me sure. in the car. So who, I'm like, who doesn't? Well, I got, a, I've got my four wheel, I off road a lot. So okay. I always have some tools in the car. Sure. So I'm like, okay, well, there it is. There's a uh, handicap sign on the pole. And uh, if we need to, we'll just take the sign right off the pole and we'll mm-hmm. just slide the whole bike. It's got a U-lock around the frame and around the pole. We'll just slide it right off the top of the pole, and we'll figure out how to get the U-lock off later. It does make me uh, laugh a little bit that a bike thief decides to chain that bike <laughs> to the pole. From, it, <laughs> That's a I'm not ironic, a bike thief, but I think? had mine locked up with a cable. I guess I should have used a U-lock. Yes, exactly, because they're the to, best locks. Exactly. So, <laughs> so it's, it's got a, you know, a regular kryptonite U-lock on it. So I'm like, okay. And... Uh, I'm walking back over to my car with my wheels and I hear Jason yell, Hey, that's not your bike. And I'm like, wow, why would he be yelling that? Yes. Cause actually it is. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it's his now. Like, possession is nine tenths of the law in the state. So I guess it is kind of his now. Um, so I just kind of throw my wheels like right next to the car and here's some guy bent over, you know, trying to unlock it with the key. No kidding. And I'm like, Hmm. I get to take my shot at this point. Yeah. So I probably ran, you know, the length of like three gas pumps and he was bent over and never even saw it coming and just elbow into, into the, into his back, 
right up to his right up to like his neck and just forced him right into the ground into these bushes and onto the sidewalk at so that point my guess based on my reaction to your story is <laughs> the same as everybody's did you did you did you consider your safety at this point no or do you just see red no you just see red uh-huh. I, I you know you you you're focused at that point right and uh you're like you know what i'm getting my bike back uh-huh. and there were there were a bunch of jokes on the facebook post about Frontier justice, yeah. you know, all bike, you know, bike thieves should be strung up and hung up and, you know, we should take them out back and shoot them. And, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I find the humor in all of that. Right. I, I love stuff like that. So right. uh, I, I got to take my shot at that point right. and got to drive this guy into the ground right. and then started yelling at him, right. like flipped him over because he was on his back and flipped him over and grabbed him by his shirt and pulled him up and then the expletives started yeah. give, again give at us that some point. description i mean what what was his build like um he was a, he's a little less than six foot probably 225 pounds uh-huh um you know kind of a big guy yeah i mean i'm i'm fat old guy at this point but well, i'm only five eight for, for so. the reference um uh, rich is not uh 220 pounds no no i'm not 220 pounds <laughs> not I'm, even close I'm not even close to that <laughs> right um unless i've been out drinking all weekend on a camping trip there but, you go right. um, and then in your mind you become 220 oh yeah right? at that point you be you you become the best linebacker in the yeah, nfl that's right. and you're yeah. gonna get to crush somebody yeah, and all the chicks think you're great yeah well, exactly right? mm-hmm. so i push this guy to the ground i flip him over and i pull him up by his shirt and i'm yelling at him F this, F that, you stole my bike, you're going Uh to jail, the police are coming, and I'm just going at him at this point. And this all happens within like 30 seconds. I mean, it's fast, but it seems like it's forever. Seems like a long time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, all of a sudden I'm in a chokehold. And I'm like, hmm, somebody's choking me. (laughs) And you just go, I I still had a hold of the guy and I'm still yelling at him like at the top of my lungs, but I'm in a chokehold and I can feel this guy, this guy behind me is yelling at me. And he's like, you're going to let go of my friend. And I'm like, I'm not letting go of anybody. You guys are all going to jail. Your buddy stole my bike. The cops are coming. I don't care what happens. And Jason, Jason or somebody yelled, the cops are on their way. And we're filming all of this. And the guy who was in a, had me in a chokehold was like, I'm not going to jail. I'm, so he let me go. Mm-hmm. So I pushed the guy back down to the ground and then grab him and pull him back up and I'm like, give me the damn keys. And he's like, I'm not giving you my keys. And I'm like, you're going to give me the keys. And I kind of look down, and he's got five or six bike lock keys on this key ring. No kidding. So I'm like, mm, yeah, no, the keys are going with me at this point. Yeah. Like, you're not leaving. Yeah. The cops are either coming or those keys are coming with me. Yeah, There's, you're not doing this yeah. again. Right. Again, I'm not thinking straight. I'm just like, I want my bike back. Oh, I think back. that's pretty smart thinking, it's actually. kind of, you know, you're, you're focused at that point. Yeah. And you got a lot of adrenaline going on, and you right. make stupid decisions. Right. So that was stupid decision number two of keep yelling at this guy, trying to grab keys out of his hand and right. kind of do all that. Yeah. So, so I finally, you know, he finally says, here, take the keys. So he gives me the keys and I throw them in my pocket. Does he give you the keys or does he? Uh, he finally just kind of like, them out of I kind of just wrestled them out of his yeah, hand. I, I mean, so. he I kinda, not like he's, yeah, he's not like he was like, okay, here, <laughs> to go ahead and take them. Pretty, yeah. um, you know, it was more like he had them in his hand and he wasn't really, he was fumbling with them. So right. I just grabbed him really fast and right. pushed him back down to the ground right. and then put him in my pocket. You know, I'm thinking, okay, I want more frontier justice at this point. Um, but he gets up and runs back to his car. And by now, 
after the fact, I find out there's, you know, five or six people that are filming this. They've mm. called the police. The days, of, the days of the video camera yeah, on the phone. Yeah, and now I'm, now I'm going to be in an episode of Cops or something. I mean, it's just, awesome. gonna, it's just going sideways at this point. <laughs> so there's all these people that are filming and doing this, and I see them run back to this green Ford Explorer. Uh-huh. And I'm like, somebody get a picture of the license plate. So people are trying to take pictures, and I run to the back thinking that I'm going to get a picture of the license plate in the back. And then I realized I left my phone in the car because I was talking to the police and didn't throw it back in my pocket mm-hmm. at that point. So I'm like, hmm, okay, I'll just rip the license plate off of the back of their car. Mm-hmm. Again, stupid thing number three, like, how are you going to do this? You know, you're like, ah, it's an old Ford Explorer. They probably have nylon bolts. You'll just rip it off and right. they'll be able to track them that way at that point. Right. And then I look at it and do the dog thing again, and there's no license plate on the back of the yeah. car. And I'm like, huh. Because it's probably a brand new Ford Explorer, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. it's a 19, like mid-90s Ford Explorer. Mm-hmm. And then I look, and there's no, there's, no, uh, there's no back glass on the back door. So I'm like, huh. But I see that there's somebody sitting in the back seat. So I'm like, hmm. And then I look in the car, and there's, um, there's a set of car wheels, a set of rims and tires mm-hmm. in the back of the car. And I'm like, yeah, stupid decision number four, hop, you know, climb into the back of that car and pick that wheel up and I'm going to throw it and hit the person in the back seat of the car. Again, sounded like a great idea at the time. It's really stupid. Um, but I had it up and I was getting ready to shove it into the back of somebody's head because I was just looking to inflict damage at that point. Right. And the car started up. Smart decision number one, yeah. go ahead and drop that wheel and jump out of the back of that car because this is not, no. I'm not going on a ride with these no, guys. This right. will not be good. Yeah. So drop the wheel, hop out. It might out. look good for Jason Bourne, but not, yeah, not for you, right? Yeah, Jason Bourne. You know, if I'm doing a, if, if I'm in a Mission Impossible movie, yeah. like I'm hanging onto the hood of the car right. and like kicking it and hitting it as it's going down the road. Yeah, no. No. Um, first, that was, that was smart decision number one. All right. Um, and, then, uh, and then I hop out and people are still taking pictures and they go peeling out of the parking lot and hang a right and they're going south on Yosemite towards 225 so I'm mm-hmm. thinking they're gone I don't really care I have my bike back it's all that really matters at that point well, I, got my, I got my bike back right we'll let everybody deal with it at right. that point right but that's not what happened next is it no not really <laughs> um I got the keys yeah. took the bike apart and then I'm looking at it and I'm like how oh, they took my saddle so I had this really cool Yeti team issue saddle and they'd replaced it with a big, like, farmer saddle. Big, wide, big, wide saddle. I love this. Lots of gel. I love it. Springs in the back. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't know who was riding that thing. Was, and bar ends as well, and right? And bar ends that were uh, put on backwards. So <laughs> normally bar ends, if you have a set of handlebars, if you just look down at your hands and you have a set of handlebars, the bar ends usually go outwards right. to help you climb. Sure. No, these were turned around backwards. Oh, just so in you, case you want to ride like this. In case you want to ride, you know. Like you're like pushing a, a wheelbarrow. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't, want to, you don't want to lean over. You want to sit nice and upright. Right. So it had these really cool bar ends and this big, plushy, comfortable gel saddle. Awesome. So there's a benefit. I got a new saddle out right. of it. I mean, it was, <laughs> and it was, and it was a set of bar ends. It was a great swap, and I added some bar ends to my bike. Right. Yeah. Okay. So took it all threw it in the back of the car and uh, talking to the dispatch lady and now I'm going like a hundred miles an hour. She's like, can you describe them? Yes. And I'm like, this be clear for, for if DPD is listening, you weren't driving your car at a hundred miles an hour. You were talking at no, I was talking at a hundred miles an hour. Okay, I was still in the parking lot. <laughs> so I, I like rattle all this stuff off and the lady's like, can you slow down? I can't type that fast. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of hyped up. 
you know, I'm just, I got a lot of, yeah. a lot of adrenaline. Sure. And she was like, okay. And she says, Hey, we'll have somebody there in 10 minutes. Well, that feels like 30 minutes ago. They were supposed to have somebody there earlier and nobody showed up. So she said, Hey, we got somebody coming on the way. Um, why don't you get in your car, leave, but just keep an eye out for the, for the police at that point. So right. I said, okay. So if anybody knows that intersection, there's a, there's a Wendy's next door to the circle K mm-hmm. and behind that is the city pub grill. Mm-hmm. They have great hamburgers there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like trying to figure out how to park so I can still see the police and they can still see me. Um, but the dispatcher was like, make sure you have an exit route if they come back. Yeah. She never know who's, yeah. you never know what kind of weapons people have these days and I don't have one. So I'm like, I'm not going to, not going to put myself in that position. So I left like drove around the block a couple times, make sure I wasn't being followed. And then I parked across the street at the bank parking lot in an area where I could back out really fast if I had to, or I could tear out the front and be okay. Mm -hmm. So while I'm sitting there waiting for the, waiting for DPT, DPD to show up, um, cop car goes blowing by with lights and sirens on. And I was like, wow, what if that was supposed to be for me? So I kind of, you know, inch forward, kind of look out the side of the window and I see him turn up a street just like a couple blocks down. And a couple minutes later, another Denver policeman drives by in a car and looks over at me and then continues to drive by and turns up that same street. Huh. Two cops, they know that this is going down. They both turn up the same street. Let's go see what's happening up that street. Sure, may as well, right? Might as well. Why wouldn't you do that? Curiosity kills the cat, right? right. Exactly. Exactly. So that was a good decision. So you, you follow the police cars uh, and you uh, go into a neighborhood. And um, for those of you who are listening to this podcast, uh, I do have um, some information that Rich provided to me earlier. We've moved on to now part two, which is the arrest. The arrest. Yeah. So what, what happens in the next, as you move into this so, uh, neighborhood? So I turn up the street and there's four or five police cars. And policemen kind of everywhere. Four or five police cars. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So they came from all different directions. Yeah. So I pull up. Um, they're all parked on the right-hand side of the street. So I pull up on the left-hand side of the street. And I hop out. And there's a policeman in his car and four officers on the sidewalk. And I just walk up to him. And I kind of smile and look at him and go, how you guys doing? And he kind of looks at me and kind of gives me this look like, is there something I can help you with? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> We've got, we're pretty busy right now. Yeah. What, do you, what do you need? Yeah. In there? <laughs> Dude, look, can, we, can you call somebody else? And I said, I know all about that Ford Explorer that you got right there. Right. And he's like, okay, what do you know? So I tell him, tell him the story about the gas station and uh-huh. my bike. And he's like, can you go sit in your car and wait for us? Yeah, sure. We got nothing else to do at this point. Right. So... Nice officer comes over and says, uh, can you write down what happened? So I write down what happened. He takes it, goes back and asks some other questions and comes back to me and asks me a couple more questions. Hey, yep. Can you write all that down? Yeah. So this goes on three or four more times. And uh, while I'm writing stuff down, the door of the Ford Explorer opens and out comes the person who was sitting in the back. One nice looking young lady with blonde hair. Wrong place at the wrong time. Wrong. She was with those guys. Yeah, sure. Um, then I come to find out kind of after the fact that she had tossed out her her uh, purse and her ID cards and everything and, and was just sitting in the car and tried to play dumb. And then they found everything and then I showed up. And yeah, sure. Then it was kind of game over for Next. her. Let's talk about um, the postscript to all of this. I understand 
you took a trip to uh, another brewery in uh, in Golden Mountain Toad. Yeah, uh, and offered to um, offered to buy um, anyone who turned up who knew you a beer. Yes. How many people turned up? Um, probably twenty five or thirty. That's a good bar bill right there. That was a, it. Wasn't that bad? <laughs> <laughs> Most people were like, dude, it's, that's a, such a great and amazing story. We'll right. buy you a beer. Right. So um, I didn't have to, I wasn't on the hook for a lot. I was on the hook for maybe 10 or 12. Right. Um, but, you know, people were like, I will just buy you dinner tonight. Or, yeah. you know, it's great to hear, you know, whatever. Um, it, it was awesome. I mean, it was great to, you know, see a lot of people that I hadn't seen. Right. Um, but it was, that's just part of that community feel. Right. That like everybody kind of came together and did that. Right. Um, I, I I always look at bike karma. You know, everybody has bike karma, beer karma, you know, totally. whatever you want to have. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I gave a lot of stuff away and helped a lot of people in my day. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to run the neutral support program for ACA, which is the local racing association. Mm-hmm. So I'd, you know, take this, take this tool, take those tubes, take that tire, just give stuff away to people. Right. And um, I, I, I really believe that all of my good deeds of giving stuff away and bike karma got me my bike back. Now, I know uh, people are going to be interested to know if you know if there's any postscript on the people who stole your bike. So I talked to the detectives like a couple of days after all this happened. So that would have been like the third week of May. Mm-hmm. And I talked to the first, the first lady detective called me and said, hey, I'm just trying to go over your case. She's like, I got your value of your bike at $500. And I'm like, mm, no, no. <laughs> uh, value of my bike is $5,500. Right. And she was like, $5,500? It's a Yeti. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's where they start. That's right. Chris and those that's guys a, do a great job of marketing that's these right. things. That's a frame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she was like, oh, I'm going to have to call you back. So right. she uh, called me back a couple hours later and said, okay, um, you know, that's kind of in the grand theft territory. Then she oh, proceeded right. to tell me that, hey, they're a bunch of meth heads. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of stolen stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the guy who was arrested, the guy that I was throwing down with, um, he had stolen five or six other bikes mm-hmm. and had pawned them off. Mm-hmm. And they were now able to connect him to those pawns mm-hmm. um, around town. So uh, she says, they're going to jail. And I said, okay, that's cool. And she says, do you want to press charges? And I said, yeah, I do. And I said, but I don't know if they were the ones that stole my bike. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll figure that out. Mm-hmm. And she called the next day and she said, um, hey, can you meet? I've got some information. I said, yeah. So I met her in a parking lot. Um, another shady deal, I guess, with the Denver Police Department. You can meet in parking lots. Apparently. Yeah. Um, and she says, do you have that cable that, was, that you had your bike locked up with? And I said, yeah, it's in three pieces. It's in the back. And she says, can I have it? And I said, yeah. And she says, we found the cable cutters in their car. Uh-huh. And she you says, match the- yeah, we're doing the whole CSI yeah, thing yeah, now. So she was like, hey, we can match up the strands. There'll be strands on that cable cutter from your cable, and we'll be able to match them up, and then they'll be, they'll no be dead and right. And I was like, okay, cool. Take it all. Take whatever you want. Whatever you need. <laughs> yeah. you, want me to, you want me to write something down? I'll keep writing stuff down for right. you. So, Rich, obviously everyone uh, is now thinking um, this is going to be made into a Hollywood blockbuster. I had a couple people on the on the things uh, on the trail monitor say oh, it's going to be a lifetime movie. Right. I don't know lifetime. Be. Who watches Lifetime? Come I on, it's I don't go out and ride your mountain bike. Right. Um, but you know, obviously, the question is to you: if uh, there was a Hollywood actor who was going to play you in this movie, <laughs> who who would it be? 
Um, Brad, Brad Pitt and, and Vin Diesel. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Brad Pitt and Vin Diesel, um, maybe. Um, no. But, but in reality... <laughs> uh, Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti is Paul a Giamatti's <laughs> great because he's in those new CenturyLink commercials and That's they're giving right. him a hard time. You don't look like this anymore. Right. I don't look like I did when I raced. I got a whole lot <laughs> less hair. Yeah. Uh, right. Paul Giamatti because he's he's funny. Right. He gets it. You know. He's he's you know got a great sense of humor and yeah. and he was in duets. This yeah. like silly karaoke movie song. Yeah. Have you watched Billions? No. It's an HBO show. He's okay. In it. He's very he's very good. He's okay. a very versatile actor. <laughs> well, thanks to the 303 Trail Monitor and a number of the other sites, I know I'm a, um, a member of a member of the Facebook page. Are you a yeah. member? Yeah, members. I suppose that works. Yeah, I don't. Or you're I don't, a liker. I don't know if we have members only jackets or anything that go with them. I'd but like we're those. All a member. Maybe smoking jackets or something. Oh, that'd be a cool. Velvet smoking jacket. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Or a hoodie. <laughs> Or that's probably more likely. Yeah, it's more Colorado. Um, Puffy jacket. Yeah, and um, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I Absolutely. know people will really have enjoyed listening to this. And, Thanks uh, for the invite. I think it's, it's a, just a tremendous, uh, tremendous story, and we really appreciate it. So, so thank you very much, Rich Absolutely. Fisher. Special thanks to Rich for sharing that great story with me and to the Blue Spruce Brewery for allowing us to record the interview at their awesome pub. And please visit bikesand.net to see the before and after pictures of Rich's bike. Want to stay in touch? Firstly, you can go to my website. It is www.bikesand.net and you can use the contact form. Next, you can shoot me an email using ben at bikesand.net and you can also follow my Instagram feed, which you'll find using the handle at bikes and. Lastly, putting this whole podcast thing together is not free. I know this is asking a lot, but if you felt like contributing, even if it's a small amount, I'd really, really appreciate it. Please visit bikesand.net and click on the donations button in the navigation bar. I look forward to putting the next podcast together, which will be out in two weeks. In the meantime, I hope you have a great ride.